ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dish Yelta Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yeah! Ah! I am your host, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the perfect cover himself, Zelius. How goes it, my good sir of the Alt Confusion? It goes. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly live show where we try our best to t- cover the topics most important to you during the show. If you have not, unfortunately, um, submitted your topic, question, etc., have no fear. All you got to do is drop it in the chat, and we will add it to the topic list of the show. And hello, Sam Grizzle. If, unfortunately, we do run out of time during this show, we will add it to the topic list for the very next week's show. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us jump in. And the first thing is, we take a quick moment of silence for an amazing drummer who is with a band called Foo Fighters. Unfortunately, um, there was a tragic passing uh, that happened this week, and it shook the entire rock and roll. Hell, it 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 shook. Like all music, and that of course is the death of Taylor Hawkins, uh, drummer of Foo Fighters. Uh, no so relation. We do a morning announcement at school, and they also play like a song usually with the PA system to get everyone pumped. Mm-hmm. Well, they played a song by Foo Fighters, and I'm like, "Hey, it's Foo Fighters." Yeah. I doubt anybody in the school or the students actually know who they are. Unfortunately, though, I will. I will absolutely 100% own up to this. Uh, I was on my way to Target with my youngest to um, so to get him some stuff, and they were doing a tribute to uh, Foo Fighters, and I was screaming the lyrics and bawling my eyes out. I will not lie, because they, they did Everlong, they did uh, My Hero, and then they did, um, uh, oh shit, what was the last one? One of These Days. And it's just what one of the lyrics of one of these days is about when your final takes when your when your heart does its final beat, and I was just like, I can't handle it because at the time they said that there was a gentleman in the hotel who was having heart problems. Now, um, it's I think it's basically a done deal that it was drug related. His heart was like double the size of a normal human being, um, but it, it's truly sad that we lost. Um, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, I thankfully got to see Foo Fighters at concert once. Uh, so where'd you see them? Uh, the Georgia State Football Arena or Football Stadium. Uh, Spinal Tap knows how they feel. Yep. There's a lot of hell. I mean, Rush lost their drummer just uh maybe a year or two ago. I mean, there's a lot of big name bands that you know, have very famous pieces that are now missing. And yet Def Leppard's only missing an arm. The, that, that whole story about like, that's uh, just so bizarre. <laughs> it's rock and, and roll, it, man. The dude's amazing. Don't get me wrong. The, but like the story of, of what actually happened is just absolutely bizarre. And yep. it's crazy what one can do when in the state of shock. Um, yes, adrenaline is a hell of a, um, drug. Yes. All right. I mean, I can't even drum with two arms. 
I can't imagine doing what those guys do with like one arm is one arm and, and a um a custom kit where most of it's through your legs is that man's thighs have got to be <laughs> he's got, legendary. He's got thighs. Okay, so let's let's see if we can get uh, uh I've got the list of um topics and I'm trying to find one that's like happy <laughs> because we're we're starting off on on such a sad note and I mean Technically, we'll we'll start with this one. And the 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 news has come out that there is going to be a in depth uh, Jim Henson documentary. Uh, it's going to be tag team between uh, with uh, Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. Yeah, uh, Grazer. Um, and the really cool thing is that uh, Ron Howard will direct it and. They are getting full cooperation of the Jim Henson family and the Jim Henson company, which means that they're they're going to have access to the archives, so that they could do like inside looks of uh, uh over the years on everything from like the Muppet Show to Labyrinth to Dark Crystal, and. There's also a rumor that they're also going to have access to uh, home movies from the Henson family. I think I mean, he, of a art medium in the terms of puppetry that you normally would not think of being in the mainstream mm -hmm. because it's puppets, and yet he was able to make it as such. Truly takes a unique visionary and a man of massive creative skills to capture the imaginations of so many people, both children's and adult shows. It's not yeah. like it was just the Muppets. You also got, like you said, stuff like Labyrinth, where you're more towards adults and be able to span, you know, so many years and ages is truly phenomenal. Well, I mean, you have the um, Dark Crystal, and and they actually brought the Dark Crystal back and did it in the original style. Um on Netflix, which I, I, you know, I was saddened to see that they were going to get a second season, but it was, it was pretty damn cool to, to see. First of all, I, I, you know, I'm a, I, I will finally reveal that I am a, a baby of the eighties. And so I saw dark crystal. I mean, I grew up with dark crystal and You're from the eighties. No way. Sir. Yeah, man. So are you tool. Oh shoot. I forgot. Um, for those out there who who are very curious, Zelius and I say, share the same birth year, in almost the same month, but not. <laughs> That's quite. true. We're a month. We're about a month and a half apart. Anyways, yep. um, but to see, be, the the cool thing for me being you know the the sci fi fantasy nerd that I am is I got to look at Dark Crystal from when it was originally released, and I got to watch the Dark Crystal TV show and see how much puppetry art has you know advanced in that way as well so i'm pumped i want I, I i i want this this documentary yesterday sounds like you need to go to the alliance theater of puppetry arts sir uh it's called the the museum of of puppetry arts is that what it's called now mm -hmm. uh but and and for those of you who are who are in near the atlanta area um the the um museum of puppetry arts I think like half of it is Jim Henson puppets. I mean, that's how big of an influence um, he is. And hey, just uh, just a heads up, a reminder that at the end of May, there's this amazing convention called MomoCon. 
that Zelius and I will be at. Um, uh, and so will, so will Hero Chiropractic and Noodle Boy Media, uh, and, uh, Nurburger Games and the creator behind Pugmire and Monarchies of Mao and a bunch of other amazing people. Um, but if you need a break from Momocon, you can always go to the Center of Puppetry Arts. That's what it's called. The Center of Puppetry Arts. I knew it was mu it wasn't Museum of Puppetry Arts. But anyways. That makes more sense. Uh, yes, Sam, thank you. Uh, I do have to clarify that Jim Henson will not be there. However, you will see his influences everywhere. So I, I have to say, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of... No, probably not a puppet of him, but puppets inspired by his vision. I you know, I would not be surprised if I saw like a Kermit the Frog somewhere at at Momocon or one of the the Dark Crystal uh characters at Momocon. You uh, never know, sir. Well, or hell, one of the characters from the Labyrinth to be honest with you, that probably in in all honesty, I think that that's probably the but your best bet is to see a character from the labyrinth. As long as they have the hair. Oh, you're talking about um, David Bowie's character? Uh-huh. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, you know, I wish I had hair like that. Maybe I should grow my hair out like that. What, I don't think you, do you could, think? Zelius. I think I think you you're, the window for you growing your hair out like that has passed. Or maybe it never opened. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Zelius. Sounds like I just need a wig. Well, there you go. There, there's, there's a very good uh, solution. Okay. So moving on from that amazing documentary, let's move on to um, t other TV shows that are kind of. They are now officially 100% on Disney Plus, and that of course is the Marvel slate that was on Netflix. Yep. Uh, we're talking uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Uh, Punisher, Luke Cage, Defenders. Um, and there's been a lot of talk around, well, since, you know, Disney is Marvel and now they've got all their Marvel stuff. Uh, they, they now own all the rights to those shows. Is there a possibility of like a revival of one or more of these shows? And so I posed a question to Zelius and of course the rest of you amazing people out there is there a uh, a series that's made that transition to Disney Plus from the Marvel slate that was on Netflix that you would love to see continued um i mean i'd like to see a Daredevil or Jessica Jones um i mean Daredevil's forefront you've already seen the tease of that with uh, the characters um already having been a little bit in action, not to give too much away, um, but there already is a bit of there. I do wonder about Jessica Jones, because that's, you know, you're you're bringing back a lot if you do that. Um, you know, it's one thing if, like, what Netflix has done with, like, some of the shows they picked up, where it's, like, dropped, you know, I'm just making up years. It's dropped 2021, and then they pick it up the next year for 2022. So it's, right. like, boom, boom. But now you're talking like a three to four year gap between some of these shows, um, which I think makes it a lot harder 
to pick that up definitely changes the game. Um, and that's where I wonder, like, would that actually be able to happen? I don't know. Um, it'd be kind of cool. Um, and, you know, of course, in this, he got Jessica Ritter, who's done other things. Like in 2021, she was doing the Cold of Case. Yeah. So is she also booked for other stuff already where, you know, something like Jessica Jones is a full-time schedule. So I also don't know if they can do another show, basically. Um, and that's what happens, you know. Jessica Jones is over, so you're going to go on to something else. Makes sense, obviously. Um, so I don't know. Um, what I would actually like to see, I, I'm okay with not reviving, like, the Marvel shows that were on Netflix as we knew them. What I do like is where it's kind of like the, I mean, I know they all had their own kind of powers, but not the main superheroes, like, you know, the Thors and Captain America's kind of take the B heroes. And it's more like it's their daily lives in those shows. And it's also the more gritty version. You know, it's very, like, some of it, some of that was very dark, especially, like, with some of your enemies, like in Jessica Jones, um, and how graphic Daredevil was with some of those fight scenes. So that's what I would like to see is maybe some of that more darkness and grittiness that you had. It was not the, you know, G-rated Disney. It in, was the, in that what, uh, that new one that's coming out, um, Moon Knight? That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know much about it, to be honest. Uh, in all honesty, uh, uh, what Zealy's just, uh, you know, I would, I too would love to see more Jessica Jones. Uh, I never actually watched the Daredevil show, but I heard it was amazing. And if, if there was going to be one, of of these series that's going to come back that maybe Marvel's hinting that they're going to make it come back is probably Daredevil because Charlie Cox did reprise his role as Matt Murdock in um spider-man no way home i'm not gonna that's all i'm gonna tell you about that and also uh oh my gosh i just forgot the guy's name uh the guy who played kingpin um there's a d in there it's like yeah. d apostrophe something something uh hold on i'm gonna have to look it up now because that's gonna bug me because i just I had it on the tip of my tongue uh vincent de uh dono frio donofrio yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, he reprised his role as Kingpin in uh, the Hawkeye um, series uh, on Disney+. Plus. So you already have those two guys still active in the Marvel Universe. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't. that would probably be the one show that I think has the best chance of actually being uh, revi you know, revived. And, yeah. and Zealus is right about Jessica Jones. There was so many, there was so much crossover. It was like Defenders Light. I mean, it basically had <laughs> based the, the whole cast. They just call it Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, but for those, uh, Zealus was uh, kind of hinting at, you know, it has been some time. Uh, Daredevil ran from 2015 to 2018, Jessica Jones was from 2015 to 2019. Uh, Iron Fist was 2017 to 2018. Punisher was 2017 to 2019. I don't know what he's doing. Could we see like a revival? I mean, that is kind of like the gritty 
thing. I never saw Punisher, but I know people liked it. Like Punisher, yeah. but like I know Iron Fist people are very like, meh. Okay, on. the lead character, I swear to God, every single episode, I am Iron Fist. I'm going to punch you in the face. I am going to punch you in the face. That was my response every single time. I am Iron Fist. I am going to punch you in the face. And the Defenders, yeah. it only lasted eight episodes. Which I liked. I enjoyed the Defenders. Um, I mean, there was a continuation possible mm -hmm. uh, based on how it ended, but I don't think of anything that's not going to happen. It's the Defenders. Yeah, no, because that, I mean, if, if you're going to do the Defenders, you're going to have to do every other thing. Yeah, you're not getting them all back. That, I think, is a gone, which I'm fine with. It's over. Um, you know, it, it was kind of like what, you know, DC did with all their crossovers. It was the same concept, um, which DC is also not done in a couple of seasons now with their big time crossovers. Uh, Moon Knight is TV 14. Ah, Though it deals with like a lot of, from my understanding, it deals a lot with mental illness. So, oh, hmm. well, that works with Jessica Jones then. Ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. Though I have to say, I'm, we're we're way outside of spoiler because I mean Jessica Jones started what? What did I say it was? 2014, 15. Uh, yeah, 2015. It still unnerves me to think of David Tennant as a super villain. Oh, he is one of the best supervillains. I know, but still unnerves yeah. me because my first, my true oh, yeah. dip in the pond with David Tennant was the doctor. But riddle me this. Yes. Wouldn't the perfect uh, Kilgrave was his name, right? Uh, yes. Kilgrave, like Doctor Who... Would have the chops to be a kill grip. If you think about it, like everything that the doctor's been through, it could actually be the same person. I know, but it still, it. But I'm just trying to make yeah, it kill even more unnerving that, you know, it's not actually two different shows. It's, you know, the doctor got fed up with humanity and he saw all the terrible things that happened over the years and he actually turned into Kilgrave. That's how I see it in my mind. Stop ruining this for me. <laughs> I'm just trying to ruin your adulthood, man. No, but in, in all seriousness, it you know, I mean, he did a great job. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, he did a great job. But it's still. I mean, has David Tennant ever been anything that's like not good? I don't know, and, and I don't want to look it up because I don't want to get sad if I find something that he wasn't good at. Fair um, enough. but uh, but yeah, so. Is there maybe is there another show out there that's not Marvel related that okay I know that the the obvious answer for a lot of people would be Firefly but that is that ship has sailed and sailed. crashed way sailed it, it sailed into left field though I though I do find it funny that um uh, Alan Tudyk's show on Sci-Fi uh, called Resident Alien uh, does have occasional cameos of the voice of Nathan Fillion. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, then he get the whole band back together, but it's kind of fun. And also, uh, some of the key characters are, you'll never get them to sign on. To, well, some of them are dead. Uh, unfortunately they passed away and then others, they're so busy with other stuff that there's no way that they would sign on to do. What a, is Nathan Fillion doing nowadays? 
Is he still doing the rookie? The cop I, show? Because I know as soon as he after finished Castle? up with Ca- after Castle, yeah. Okay. Wow. Apparently, him and the the lead car- the the lead from the female lead, they had to go to marriage counseling, like or couple counseling, in order to get through the couple scenes because uh, Nathan Fillion just rubbed her the wrong way. Huh. I mean, I can see, you know, I mean, think about it. like those lead actors and actresses in a show like that, like the amount of time that they're actually spending with each other. Yeah. I could understand, like, if you're not a great match, even as friends, you might want to kill each other by the end. Well, I, it's, it's, it's his joking sarcasm that she just couldn't stand. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I can understand how they get old after a while, honestly. Yeah. If that's not you, it's like, you're actually driving me crazy. Shut up. Speaking of getting old after a while, and this was a very short turnaround for getting old, um, Bandai Namco has confirmed that Fast and the Furious Crossroads, it will be delisted on April 29th, 2022. And when was it released? Uh, what, like two years ago, wasn't it? When like 20? Yeah. 20? That's yep. a... Okay, I can understand, like, I mean, to delist something, that's, that's... But for the foreseeable future, though, it will still have online gameplay. Yes. Um, now, for those interested, uh, you would still do have time until April 29th to buy a copy. Um, if you bought the game digitally, it will remain in your library and can be re-downloaded in the future. Any DLC purchased before April 29th will still be available to use after this date. Okay, so here's my question. The way they phrased it is there's some like black market way to buy DLC after April 29th, but you can't play it. It's, that's how I read it because I that's how my brain works. Your brain works still? You're a fortunate man. I know. I turned mine off. But anyway, uh, Fast and the Furious Crossroads is described as a team-based vehicular heist action game with players taking on high-speed heist and a drill-and-fueled stunts. Its average Metacritic score was 35 out of 100. Um, its average Metacritic user score was 1.8 out of 10. And just to give you a non-Metacritic, because I hate Metacritic, um, score Destructoid, I uh, gave it a three out of 10. However, according to Metacritic, and this is why I hate Metacritic, Metacritic said the Structoid gave it a 30 out of 100. Because Metacritic the always- works out. I mean, it's a ratio. Metacritic always converts all the ratings into 100 point scales. I mean, three out of 10 equals 30 out of 100. Right, that but there's- technically accurate. True, but there could be thing, there could be, um... oh God, here we go, Dan. There's, there's a very good chance, and this is why a lot of uh, websites uh, will not let Metacritic post their stuff, is that they don't do it out of base 10. They don't do out of 10. They'll do it like out of five. And so that makes a hell of a difference. One out of five, if you transfer over to 10, is a 20. Uh, what does 20 out of 100 even mean? I know. The, Such a random stat. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. There's a reason why Ultra Confusion does not have ratings on games anymore. And that's because it is totally, 
my it's 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 a number that I come up with. Okay, subjective. Yeah, exactly. It's subjective. I, I I want I want you to read my review, and at the end of it, if it sounds like your jam, then get it. If it doesn't, then don't get it. I don't I mean, want to put a point value on it. Since most, <coughs> excuse me, the games I, <coughs> excuse me, oof. since most of the games I buy are on Steam anyways, like usually I'm just going to kind of glance at the Steam reviews. And I also like them because typically you can sort both by all time and then most recent. So I can also do like a most recent. And that's actually like, especially the phone, that's the biggest thing I always do on the app store because like let's just say you look at kingdom builder 18 on your phone mm -hmm. most likely you're going to see oh it's 4.9 out of five stars if you just look at the default listing like of the scores it's all like this is the best game ever i love this game yep blah, cookie blah, blah, cutter blah. reviews what's that cookie cutter reviews but if you look at the most recent which is what i always look at that's where you tend to actually see what i consider more realistic reviews that are not five out of five stars this just in sam grizzle rates battlefield one 100 out of ten thousand. <laughs> yeah exactly uh metacritic has uh has aggregated your score and and converted it and so it, te it technically is uh 50 percent um yeah, so that's usually how I do it. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, I'll look at, I'll be the first to admit, I look at, you know, ratings, but most of the time though, I already kind of know what I'm going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the other day I saw, which I started playing again, um, Civilization 6. It was like 85% off sale. I was like, sold. Mm-hmm. But like that's a franchise I already knew I'd eventually get. So in a way, like I look at reviews, but I also don't buy games as often as I used to. So I don't know if they necessarily mean as much. So in my mind, I already kind of know what I'm probably going to get eventually just from like seeing what's going on, like Horizon Forbidden West. Someday I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, so things like that, like you can kind of already tell in a way, like I'm going to get these different games at some point in life. Okay. So question for you, uh, since you brought up, you know, because civilization, <laughs> civilization, come to the dark side, Celius Crusader Kings. I tried Crusader Kings. I got so effing lost. I was like, I'm good. Um, no, Look, when I play civilization, like I haven't played Civ in like three years, honestly, but like I could jump in and I know what's going on. I just want to be able to stack different troops on the same oh, piece of property. Get okay? over Civ 2, man. Time has moved on. Shut up, man. The no classics are the best. The classics are the best. Okay, so the, here's my question, because Zelius kind of alluded to this. If it's if the name, you know, it because it's a continuation of the franchise, if you randomly see, you know, let's say there's a Civilization, civilization 10 out there. It, there's yeah. not. I don't think there, no, there's not, but let's just say just a Civ 10 nice. just pops up yeah. and it's been, you know, two or three years, but you've played, but you rem have those memories of your, uh, incredible joy of your Civ adventures. You're much more likely to pick that up. Aren't you? hundred percent. Yes. There's definitely 
buyer bias towards purchasing established franchises. Um, but even then, like civilization, like I didn't read them in depth, but I still kind of gave a quick glance to be like overwhelmingly positive review. Okay, I just did a quick spot verification um, just to kind of see, like, is it something I'd be interested in? But there's like other, especially when it comes to the city or civilization type of builders, there's other games where kind of based off of other reviews I see, I purchased over the years. And that's mm -hmm. usually what I'll kind of look at is what have other people kind of said? And is it a interesting kind of city builder type of game? Um, it's definitely someplace I've done that. Um, there's a get foundations, a recent one I actually got mm -hmm. where it's another, it's definitely more of a Sim city type of city builder than a civilization, but still that kind of thing, you're building a city or a civilization of some sort. And that's definitely a game where I looked at the steam reviews and they get pretty specific as far as like what's going on. And usually I honestly prefer those to critic reviews anyways, because like, most user reviews, like they're you and me and Sam, like they're just kind of normal people playing the game. Whereas if you're looking at like, you know, the big time reviews, like the Kodigus and the Polygons and all of them, I don't know if there's necessarily an agenda, but there's definitely like, that is their job. And I definitely think no matter how much they don't want it to, it's going to influence how they review a game. It's just natural. Um, so for me, I definitely prefer reading those user reviews and kind of doing a spot check of like, what do people think of these games? Um, both the good and the bad. And I think that's also the difference is short of going to an aggregate of Metacritic, it's hard to see where are the kind of good and bad of the media reviews. Because I also want to know kind of like, what do people not like about the game too? I think it's just as important as why do people give it a five-star review? Um, you know, most of the one-star reviews are like, the graphic sucks. Well, that's probably like, okay, that's good to know because that's actually not a good reason not to get the game. Dude, it's so unbalanced. I didn't, I, my civilization kept getting killed. Well, then you probably aren't playing it right. Or you're playing Crusader Kings and you had absolutely no idea what was actually going on. That's Because you did not spend 80 hours researching the game before you played. Or you had so many wordy tutorials that you're just like, how hard could it be? And then you jumped into it, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Speaking for a friend, of course. Mm -hmm. um, now, speaking of reviews, um, there has there is a company out there who has basically um, been review bombed. Um, and the last couple of days, and that is a um, the developer behind a game. Uh, sorry, uh, the developer Sky Mavis, the mm. creator behind a game called Axie Infinity, is getting bombed because their um, what is it? Their uh, their game got hacked, and uh. they stole about $600 million worth of Ethereum. Oof. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. 
And of course, this is a black. Not only is this a black eye for that company, but it's also a black eye for um, cryptocurrency, because you're not supposed to be able to hack that shit. I mean, I, I'd be curious in the details of how they hack it. So, like, for instance, like I have Ethereum, like, but in terms of hacking that, I mean, sure, if you got my wallet ID, yep. my password, yep. and you can bypass 2FA, there's ways to do it. Um, then you effectively hacked my cryptocurrency, no different than if you hacked my Google account, for instance. Right. Um, so I think when you think of hacking crypto, there's two different ways of hacking it. There's one that's kind of hacking the hash, where you actually literally steal my Bitcoin because you got that hash. That is almost like mathematically impossible. Like that's the whole point of crypto versus did you basically break into my database? You got my credentials and you stole it just like you can steal my credit card information. Sure. That happens. Right. Um, not normally. How much did you say? 600 million? Yep. 600 million. Yeah. Normally not $600 million worth. That's a lot. Um, but of course the ironic part is you can track crypto. Like, I know it's this like, oh, it's this an anonymous thing that you can use in the dark web and never get caught. Like, no, you, there's ways to track where the crypto is purchased and sold. Like, true, but it's, like, but it's unrecoverable. True. Yes, this is. Yes, you're right. It is unrecoverable. Um, Which yes, is the is true key. black so eye. <laughs> what? That's the true black eye for this company is that it's unrecoverable. Yeah. Cause, yeah, you're right, though. So if somebody does like steal my wallet, um, I mean, there are stories. I mean, you and I were around and Sam when like Bitcoin was in its infancy, you yep. know, when people would literally pay for a pizza with a single Bitcoin and people had, had like multiple Bitcoins on their computer, not knowing it'd be worth money someday. Um, and now like they've tried like recovering that Bitcoin hash basically. And you can't nope. if you don't know how to access that wallet. Um which is basically the equivalent of somebody else stealing it in a way. So yes, you are right in that case, somebody steals it. You know, it is, it is kind of wild of us. You know, like if let's just say somebody stole my credit card and they charge all this money on my credit card, right? Mm -hmm. I can get that back from the credit card company. Um, if you have a good credit card company. What's that? I say, if you have a good credit card company, yeah. Well, you're right. You you should be able to, I'll put it that way. Um, uh, but yeah, if you put all of your eggs into like your Ethereum wallet and it falls into the wrong hands, you are screwed. Oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, for those of, for those gamers out there who, uh, were active players in, uh, Axie infinity, um, they have, disabled transactions for now, hmm. uh, which means that any user, any player who had funds stored on that, on the network for this game cannot access their money right now. Hmm. Um, they're saying that the stolen funds only represent a portion of the overall holdings of the, the company. Um, so, you know, Jeez. SES mapper. Uh, can you buy hookers with Bitcoin? I would assume in Silicon Valley. Uh, I mean, there are services that do accept 
Bitcoin payments. Did didn't Tesla finally say no more Bitcoin? Couldn't you like purchase stuff with Bitcoin via Tesla? I think so. I don't know. I can't remember anymore. I just use it for purely speculative reasons because why not? Yeah, I just threw some money in there just for shits and giggles. I threw it into Ethereum and uh, Litecoin, I think. I did some Bitcoin too. I might do some Bitcoin. I don't remember. I, I All I know is that I put in... Um, I think I, I ended up putting like 300 bucks in and over however long it's been, I, my, my, I'm now sitting at $900. Woo. So, but if I was smart, I would have gotten out when it was 2000 to heck with Bitcoin. I'm investing in rubles. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing is it's literally a gamble. As long as we're not investing in, um, what the hell is that other stuff? The, the ones that I can never understand. Dogecoin? No, 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 no. NFTs. Oh, NFTs? Yeah. Don't what? you want your non-fungibles? No. I don't under What the fuck is that? I don't I don't understand. You know what? One of these days one of these days I'll get bored enough and I'll watch some like TED Talk or or something to figure out what the hell that is. But like we're doing NFTs. Cool for you. I'm not going to be one of your customers. There's your NFT court, sir. Oh, yay. It's uh, only $15. No, thank you. I could, I could, what did you say, $15? Yes. You know what you could do, which would be more worth your money, is you could become a patron of Ultra Confusion at $1 <laughs> level, which is $1 a month, or $12 a year. It's cheaper than that course, and you can help Ultra Confusion continue to be awesome and support us so that we can go to conventions and keep the lights on and and all that stuff. So what you're going to say is there's now an alt confusion NFT. No, fuck no. Because I don't even, uh, no, 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 no. I think we should create our own NFT, sir. All right, Zelius, get on it. I'll, I'll, um, you, you brainstorm, you create all that stuff and then. I can do it through crypto.com apparently. Oh boy. Anywho. It could be of our logo. Oh, jeez. It could be of Hawk and Steve. It had to be a new comic where they do all of their stuff. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Do you know how long it's been since there's been an, an Alter Confusion webcomic? Too long. Nine years now. That is nine years too long, sir. I know. But it makes me sad. Still to think about it. I'm sorry. They feel lonely in their ethereal space where they too have feelings and mm. yet there's no way for them to come free of the page due to your neglecting of their <laughs> essences. Uh, well, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the BS I have in me tonight. Thank you, Zelius. All right. Well, since Zelius needs a recharge in his BS, uh, we are going to pause for just a second so we can give a shout out to all these amazing friends of the show who are patrons, uh, who are, of course, at the $5 a month or $60 a year level. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the first one we got to give a shout out to is the Indy Cluster. 
And if I was smart, I'd actually have my cheat sheet up. Here we go. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Yeah! Now, of course, the next shout-out that we have to do, uh, of course, Indie Cluster will be at Momocon. Just a heads up on that. And the next one is also going to be at Momocon. That, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tren, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out Facebook.com slash Noodle Boy Media. Facebook, what? What about MySpace? I think that's only for musicians now. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, another uh, organization and amazing person that you can see at Momocon, which of course is at the end of May, uh, is the one and only Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. And finally, the amazing individual who has helped uh, navigate the one DMCA strike that we magically received this year, and that would be Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, of course, as we did the friends of the show, we, of course, have to do a couple quick announcements for all to confusion because that's how we roll. So the first one is, uh, I know this is not going to come as any bit of a surprise, but... Um, I don't have a I don't have a uh, image for this, but ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confuse is going back to Mobicon for 2022. Woo! Unlike E3 2022, Momocon is happening, and we will be there. We have a fan table. I'm still trying to work out the media credentials. Uh, we're hoping to have a panel. If we don't have a panel, that just means more time to hang out with you guys. And of course, I will be attempting to try to interview as many indie developers as possible. And of course, if I have my media credentials, I will be also. Uh, doing the group interviews with some of the big name uh, actors and actresses that will be present at Momocon. Now, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I am very happy to announce that for the 11th straight year, Ultra Confusion will be fundraising for Extra Live. 
Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game. To help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Don't we also drink Mountain Dew really well? Yes, I do. I don't know about Zelius, but I know for a fact that, uh, excuse me, I need a sip of my Mountain Dew here. There you go. I was worried there for a moment. Uh, I was parched, and now I am much, much better. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, also, uh, I already hinted at it. I'm going to tell you this again. Ultra Confusion has a Patreon. Ultra Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, supporters, brothers, sisters, interdimensional beings, ghouls, vampires, werewolves, other uh, thropes, because I'm just trying to be using cool words, uh, aliens, demigods, uh, demons, and more, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability to we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two, kind of one, two, uh, tiers. There is a $1 tier, which uh, at that $1 tier, which is $1 a month or $12 a year, you gain early access to all of our playthroughs and also the ability to take part in polls and posts um, to help shape the future of Alter Confusion. Now, if you want to pump it up to the next level, it is that is a $5 a month or $60 a year level, and that gives you everything at the $1 level, but it also puts you in the Friends of the Show for every single Thursday night hangout. So if you have the ability to join the ranks of patrons for Alter Confusion, go to patreon.com slash Confusion. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel that you want to give something to Alter Confusion. Perhaps you'd like to give Alter Confusion an exotic flavor of Mountain Dews not available in the state of Georgia. You can mail it to our P.O. Box. And our P.O. Box is 1551 Dunwoody. That is D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. Village Parkway. The next part is super important. That's number 88276. That is our P.O. Box number. If you do not put it there, it will ret be returned to you. Once again, number 88276, Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, status Georgia, zip code is 30338. All right. So, what else do we got to talk about? Let's talk about uh, the unfortunate uh, side effects of this uh, continuing conflict that's happening over on the other side of the world uh, in Ukraine. And the unfortunate thing is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people being affected by what's going on. There's a lot of sanctions that are happening. Uh, and uh, uh, directly for Alter Confusion, 
you know, we try to support uh, independent developers. And unfortunately, developers who are in Ukraine and Russia are being blocked from being able to access any income from the digital marketplace on Steam. Um, so here is um, here is a, a quick letter from uh, that was posted. This past week, our bank notified us that they will begin requiring that we provide uh, intermediary bank information for all wire payments to accounts in Russia and Ukraine. In addition, they will no longer be allowing payments to Belarus. We are mm -hmm. working to understand all the new requirements, create a path to collect this information from you and send it to the bank. This will take us some time to complete, but we'll not be available for the payments to the affected accounts due at the end of March. And that's from uh, 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 Valve. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to, you're not going to get any of your payments until at least April. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately it obviously sucks for them. Um, but at the same token, that is kind of the whole point for better, or for worse of the financial sanctions mm -hmm. is to obstinately put pressure on the countries. Um, Ukraine's probably one that should not be feeling the pressure of them, but for Russia specifically, um, that obviously the citizens feel it, which in theory should also then make the powers that be also feel that same pain up the ladder. Um, so in a way, it's working as intended. By the other hand, it obviously also sucks for the people who really don't actually have anything to do with what's going on. Yeah, it, um, it, it's unfortunate yeah. that the vast majority of the time it's those who aren't actually involved in a situation that get hurt the most. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it would just be great if this stupid conflict could just be over with um, and things can get back to normal as much as normal could be. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that will be happening in the immediate future, which sucks. Yes. People are stupid. Yes. I don't like the stupid people. Yes, unfortunately, uh, outside of the individuals who tune into Alter Confusion and, and, and all that stuff, the vast majority of the world is stupid. Um, now, those of you, of course, who are, you know, tuning into the Alter Confusion wavelength and are friends of us, you are brilliant motherfuckers. What about the other people? Do they not count? They can they can have their ways corrected. There's still time. Yes. But time is running out. And in order to meet your quota, you must become a Patreon of Alter Confusion. That's a very solid step. Solid. solid. But how many steps are we taking? Let's start with that one, and then we'll talk about the next one afterwards. How about that? We don't is want to like reveal a, all like the mystical... step pyramid scheme? We don't want to... We don't want to divulge all the mystery and and you know mastery that can be accomplished by becoming a patron of Alter Confusion. Mm. Okay, so speaking of one sucky situation, let's talk about another sucky situation. That oh, is, great! I love suckies. Uh, it appears I pay in ruples. Thank you, Sam. Um, Activision Blizzard will play will pay $18 million to settle its federal sexual harassment lawsuit. Man, it must be good to be a powerful white man. 
Eighteen million dollars. Wow, you broke the fucking bank. Um, now I do want to. Uh, I do want to just give you uh, something to compare against. Okay, and that is that last year Riot Games pay, uh, agreed to pay one hundred million dollars, not eighteen. One hundred million dollars to settle a class and class action lawsuit over gender discrimination and sexual harassment. This basically, um, uh, the pay, the payouts went to roughly 1400 individuals. Okay. 1400 individuals at a hundred million dollars. So, uh, I did the math beforehand just because I had the time and it's basically they, if everything was to be cut down, Exactly. Everyone would receive a check for about $42,000. And that's a hundred million dollar payment. Okay. So this fucking settlement for $18 million from Activision. Just give me in 2021, their fiscal income was $6.19 billion. Mm -hmm. So their $17 million or $18 million payout is approximately 0.2% of their net income. Oh, my God. They're going to close tomorrow. That's basically what they make from, like, a couple of players in Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. So, and, and the guy who... <laughs> The guy who just is really steams my clams and and really is pissing off the vast majority of the world. Uh, the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, uh, Bobby Kotick, said, "Our goal is to make Activision Blizzard a model for the industry, and we will continue to focus on eliminating harassment and discrimination from our workplace. I.e., we're going to hide it like a motherfucker until the merger goes through with Microsoft. The court's yep. approval of this settlement is an important step to in." and ensuring that our employees have mechanisms for recourse if they experience any form of harassment or retaliation. Basically, we can nickel and dime them to nothing, and it's not going to hurt our bottom line. No, because people will still play the EA games, and uh, life goes on for them. Uh, That's Activision. Not EA, sir. Activision. Wow, I'm losing my brain, sir. Yes. Now... Ironically, speaking of uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, Microsoft came out uh, with a little bit of a, uh, a pimp slap <laughs> towards uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, and they, uh, I'm trying to see who exactly was it. The Microsoft's corporate vice president and general counsel, Lisa Tanzi, uh, basically said Microsoft will not stand in the way of potential Activision Blizzard unions if uh, when they're recognized. It's not like, we made a union. No, you didn't. Uh, currently, Microsoft is taking the, the thing of, sure. Um, but but the uh, Microsoft respects Activision Blizzard employees' rights to choose whether to be represented by a labor organization, and we will be and we will honor those decisions. Now here comes now this is this was this is what makes me smile. Um, furthermore, uh, in this letter uh, that Lisa Tanzi wrote, she denounces the uh, a law firm 
retained by Activision Blizzard for its part in publishing anti-union material on its website, including a PowerPoint presentation that features a slide titled Types of Employees Unions Exploit. Uh, the content of this presentation was created for a workshop in 2013 by lawyers who no longer work at the firm. This is what the, the, uh, the law firm said. It does not reflect the way our firm thinks about the rights of employees and employers. These slides mm -hmm. have no bearing on potential, uh, representation petitions and were not prepared for use by lawyers representing Activision Blizzard. Basically, it's one of those, until someone calls us out on it, we're not going to do shit. But once people are like, oh, that's bad. You're like, you know what? It's it's something we no longer associated with. We don't even know why it's on our website. It's not there anymore. Poof. Oh, no, they'll do everything in their power to disparage and try to prevent unionization as much as possible. They say anything that gives any power not in the favor of the big bosses, mm -hmm. they will try to dissuade in every potential way. Well, here's the thing. Law firms make their money from the big bosses, not the little guys. Um, which is why they that's fucking 15, $18 million settlement because Activision probably padded enough pack, uh, packets pockets um, to get that number down. Which, by the way, I was mistaken. I was looking at EA's, not Activision's. Activision's income was actually $8.8 billion. So what's, which is even less of a percentage than that they were paying than I had said. That disgusts me greatly. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> That's such bullshit. That's such bullshit. Now, uh, here come, I, I want to throw one curveball kind of weird ass story at you. And that is that a chess grandmaster had his Twitch account banned because he streamed a Dr. Disrespect match, which of course, Dr. Disrespect is the <laughs> notorious guy who magically got like super banned from Twitch and who just recently dropped his lawsuit against Twitch. Uh, this grandmaster received a temporary three-day ban for streaming a, a chess match that featured um, Dr. Disrespect. Nice. Like, seriously? Like, okay, so maybe maybe it was because it's your... You're, well, no, because you can host a stream, though... He's not on Twitch, so you would literally have to do a screen capture from his, I guess, YouTube channel and then stream it over there. So that might be the issue. Um, but still, that's some of these stupid bands are so ridiculous. So absolutely ridiculous. And uh, just for those who may have missed out, um, when I said that Ultra Confusion got a random DMCA takedown, uh, Ultra Confusion, uh, we've been using the same intro outro music for, I don't know, at least like two, three years. And all of a sudden we got a ding, uh, on saying that the, the music that we use is copyrighted. Um, we got it from a, um, 
a no copyright music site. So if someone decided out of the blue to copyright something that's not copyright, I, you know, whatever. So well, did you see what happened with Bungie and their copyrights? It turns out that the person who was throwing all these things down wasn't actually authorized from Bungie. Well, no. So that's where Bungie got upset. So basically what happened was is Bungie. So basically content creators with Bungie yep. is like there's an agreement. Yep. And some people broke that agreement due to various reasons. And Bungie like came down on them because they broke. And it was like basically like literally re-uploading like original videos. Well, yeah. I'm just very clear, like, hey, if you remix it or like is gameplay that's just not like a recording of our gameplay, do your thing. Right. And be able to upload it. Well, somebody got upset at that. And so what the person figured out was basically like, wait a second, the DMCA notification through YouTube, um, basically there's no actual checks to verify that it is who they say they are. Mm -hmm. So this person was basically, not basically, they were um, saying that they were Bungie. No, no, they were, they were, they were an organization representing Bungie. Yeah, and, and there's no ch fact checking on YouTube's end. And so they just came in and basically just wiped the floor, wiped all these people out, uh, which is funny because it's like, huh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should go accuse uh, YouTube of all these copyright infringements. Then they have to take it down because that's what they say, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Bungie was like, W2F, you're saying that somebody is on our behalf doing all these copyright strikes when in fact that is not the case um you know think of it even like us lowly people have such a hard time um navigating the copyright situation on youtube mm -hmm. and yet company like large companies like bungie they also have difficulty it's not easy for them either figuring out how to do this either so like when you have someone like bungie who they're running into issues uh, we're pretty much screwed no, absolutely. And it's the, the, um, I, I think I've, let's see, of all the websites that I've submitted to, I think I've only been banned from one. I've had a per, I've had a temporary ban from one and it was a bullshit thing and I don't really want to go into it, but, um, um, but yeah, I, I could so see you know, someone who, who gets banned or gets all their stuff taken down deciding, well, it's not fair. You got all these other people who are doing almost the exact same thing. So why don't they get in trouble? You know what? I'm going to help out the people who banned me by getting everybody else banned. Well, one of the problems too is it's, it's YouTube has a very heavy handed way of doing copyright. Oh, no. One of the problems is, is the DMCA law itself kind of really dictates that's how it's supposed to be done. So Google's basically like, well, the DMCA says that we have to take any um, copyright claim at face value. And so they're like, well, I don't know what we're supposed to do because we're just following what the law actually says, where if somebody files a copyright claim, you basically have to take it down. Um, so it kind of goes both ways where the laws are also written in such a sometimes vague and open way where Google trying to cover their own rears from getting in trouble, which 
they have because then the record labels for music specifically are also like, well, you guys aren't tough enough. I'll hold the confusion. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Unfortunately, I, to be honest with you, with doing game reviews and doing game streams, and this is for anyone out there who's curious, um, every single day, there's a there there is a likelihood that Alter Confusion could get a s- severe, you know, disgruntled hit from someone from you know, uh, maybe I wrote a review from a game that was not nice, and they yeah. try to go after me because I have screenshots uh, from the game, so you can actually see what the game looks like, uh, or I streamed the game and I made a bad commentary about it. Um, that's never happened no not at all or maybe you have an event that was pissed poorly run and could have caused uh many an issue zealous is that the video i think it is uh it's breaking the law by judas priest (laughs) okay never mind i thought you posted uh, a review of a an event that we had i did not i know exactly which one you're thinking of because we that that was well actually that was one of the many things, but that was the most public uh, attacks we've we've received. Like I say, we Look, we 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 have our words and we use them. Here, here's the thing. I am not. I am not. I don't care if we're best friends. I am not. If you have a product, and I uh, get my hands on it, I am going to review it as if it was a AAA title. Or AAA experience, whatever. Uh, so, and the thing is, I am very critical of myself, and so I'm going to be very critical of everything. Nothing uh-huh. is ever going to be perfect. I am going to tell you what flaws there are and what I think you can do to make your experience better. And there, yeah. there is an amazing individual uh, who hated my guts the first two years he had a convention. Uh, after reading my reviews and then, or watching my video reviews, and then it clicked, and he's like, "Holy shit, he's actually trying to help me out." He keeps coming back. It's like, yeah, I enjoy it, but here are the problems. So take you know, that's that's how I that's how I roll. I mean, there could maybe have been a more uh, non dickish way of doing it. I I don't I don't like I said I don't sugarcoat shit because that's still disgusting. Charlie trashed the long dark. I I couldn't get anywhere in the long dark. I think I just kept dying immediately. No. Oh, speaking of game. Okay. I'm not trashing it. I just, I'm actually trashing my inability to play said game. Uh, Elden ring, which I have quit. I've quit. I'm not coming back. Um, there was this person who apparently did a speed run. It took him 15 hours to complete the speed run, but he Ooh. could do a 20-minute speed run from start to finish to beat the game. Um, and my immediate reaction is a lot of words that I do not want to repeat. My second reaction is you have way too much free time. Go in, Go do something and enjoy it instead of like the equivalent of making putting rusty spoons in all your orifices that's what it sounded like to me that's that's what different it's different pleasures for different people man <laughs> that's how some people feel about having kids uh, 
Um, but yeah, hold on. I got to write that down. Dusty, uh, rusty spoons in all orifices. That's, that's the title of the show. No, now. no, <laughs> you don't have to talk about that anymore. That's going to give me some nightmares, man. It's going to cause people who unfortunately missed out on the show to have to listen or watch the whole show going, what the fuck is he talking about? I'm going to go get a tetanus shot just to make sure I'm okay. Zealus, what's the last time you got a tetanus shot? Dude, probably like in high school. I don't remember either. No, I can't like, I don't know. I got, I knew I had to get, uh, this is story time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at, one, at one point in my life, I had a fish hook stuck in my forehead and so I know I had a tennis shot then. Probably the last time I know I got one. I was walking to Ace Hardware to work. I had to walk through a backyard. I was 15 at the time. And I stepped on a board with a rusty nail in it. and went right through my shoe and through my foot. Okay, we're not going to say uh, how long ago Zealus was 15 years old. But we did, we did allude to the fact that we were both babies of the 80s. So, yeah, so it's been a bit. It's been a while. We'll just put it that way. So considering the tools I work with at school and some of the metal I work with, I probably should actually be updated on that, to be honest. Well, yeah. you too, with your work, with like in your basement, the stuff you do, we, we should probably have tetanus shots. I'm pretty sure I've got one more recently than that. I think I have. Pretty sure I have. I, I don't know. I may be got one in college i'll ask my doctor next time i see him which i haven't seen him in like three years but my doctor's not gonna know he has no medical records for me uh it's true because you moved back to atlanta i the only vaccine card i actually know of is covid like literally other than my covid vaccine i don't know when i've had like anything okay so zealius is going to die of like malaria tomorrow or smallpox, or... Nope, I've had my hepatitis shots. All right, well, there you go. He's well, not going to get that. He'll get everything else. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in my room then and never leave. I, I I don't know how that will work out for you, Zelius. Then I can't get diseases. Isn't that how it works? Uh, No. If I don't see a living soul, then they cannot spread their germs into my soul. That's not how that works. Oh. Um, Did they send it to me in the mail? Yes. And oh. on doorknobs. But I'm not leaving, so I don't have to touch a doorknob. Because I keep all my doors open all the time, so I don't actually touch doorknobs. Anymore. Ah, but does your cat touch doorknobs? Aha! <laughs> a loophole. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I have one random gripe real quick. I know we're running out of time, but I've been like rewatching a bunch of shows on um, Netflix, uh, a, a lot of anime. And there is this one show, a random gripe. Yes, I always have random gripes, Zelis. Um, there's this one show that it's like every... I think it's like seven out of nine episodes will have an additional scene of the show after the, the, the ending credits and they're actually relevant. So if you, if you try to just go to the next episode, you'll miss like a little chunk and you'd be like, wait, what, what, how do you get here? 
Are you watching by any chance fate? No. Fate no. does that and it yes. pisses me off. No, uh I uh, no, the the one that does it is also uh the uh seven deadly sins. Yeah, no. The fates do that and it just like and then like on Netflix, you fast forward and you're like, "Wait. Was that the ending credit?" Or was that a post-credit scene to set up the next episode? I can't actually tell what it was. Uh, yeah, well, because no. because there are there are shows and animes out there that go on the next episode and yep. they give you like a preview. No, this yep. isn't a preview. This is just this is a random like you know minute maybe two minute scene that actually links into the the continuity of the entire storyline. No, the newest fate does that and it drives me nuts. At this point, like I'm, I'm watching on my computer, and immediately, you know, you get the option of like click to the next episode or watch the credits. I immediately just click watch credits, and then I just take the the the, the uh, progress bar, and I try to get as close to the end as possible to see if there's nice. anything after, if it's going to go straight to the Netflix logo or if there's going to be something in between. That's smart. It's the only way to do it, man. Uh. Real quick, uh, Zelius, I'm sure you've been playing a lot of. Uh, oh no, you said that you've been playing Civilization Six. I know, I'm I'm still playing FF14, mm -hmm. but I'm also now playing some. Uh, I, I I was before the show. I was like, how many turns can I get in before the show starts? Just one more turn until the podcast. And I've and I've been playing a lot of a game called Rogue Book. Uh, it's. I really wish there were more, more to the game. It's really cool. You 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 start with two characters, uh, and you can basically it's a it's a, a deck building game, and you can swap the characters to do um, uh, to like decide who gets the damage and and all that stuff. It's it's a cool game, but unfortunately, there's only three levels, and then they do like new game plus, and you can add all these different things to it, but. I was kind of hoping that there's going to be more. Maybe there is more, and I just haven't hit it yet. But I'm just kind of like, yay! Now I now everything costs more, so I could get more points. Hooray! You know, I actually wish I had the Steam Deck right now, because then after the show, I can go to bed and play Civ Six. And oh bed. Jesus, how the, how would you pull that off? Civ Six is. I, I feel like that would be like a keyboard and mouse, like. Well, Must. okay, but remember, the Nintendo Switch has um, Civ Five, and it actually pulled it off pretty dang well. I thought I thought later in the game it started bombing though. Well, oh, it did, no doubt. And that's where I'm curious: would a Switch, or not the Switch, would the Steam, Steam Deck, Deck have enough oomph to do better? I don't know. I don't know, Zealus. It sounds like a purchase or an idea that you need to invest in. No. Come on, Zealus. Damn you! Ha 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 ha! The thought is in his head. You're a bad influence, sir. You're a bad influence. I know, I know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I believe we've reached the end of our show. So, without further ado, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zealy, it's been a pleasure giving everything over our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world! I'm into that, brother. <laughs>